Hi everyone, welcome to season two, episode 30 of Sisters Coffee and Crime. I'm Sandra. And I'm Christina. Today we're talking about the Wilno murders. Basil Borowski murdered three women in 24 hours. They were all known to him. With his violent past, how did he keep slipping through the system? Let's grab some coffee and talk about this crime. So I'm going to start by telling you a little about Basil Borowski. He came from an upstanding family and they were very prominent in the town. Uh, I watched an episode of The Fifth Estate and it kind of like pans through the town and one of the streets were even like had Borowski Street as the name. Mm -hmm. But despite his great upbringing, Basil was known as sort of the bully all through school. And as he grew up, neighbors and townspeople were genuinely just scared of him. And he did have his run-ins with the law. In 1977, he was charged with assault causing bodily harm. Now, Basil's rap sheet included drinking in public, uttering threats, and there were a few violent incidences. The neighbor says that up around his property, he had signs telling people to stay away. And now here's what the sign said. First, it starts off with a bunch of people's names that were not allowed on his property, including police officers, neighbors, and people from the town. And one of the names was even his wife. Okay. I mean, they were separated, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) I would hope so. So after the names, it states, and anyone else who has threatened me, assaulted me, stole from me, forged my signature, made false statements about me, etc., etc. Friends, welcome. You know who you are, and so do I. And then it was signed with like a little smiley face. He sounds like a doll. (laughs) He sounds creepy. The smiley face, I think, is even more creepy. And I didn't put that in there. He literally put etc., etc., Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. It was weird. Now, like I said, his wife's name was on it, Marianne Borowski. And uh, yeah, they were separated. Marianne and Basil were together for 26 years. Now, she had multiple charges against him. Mm -hmm. The first one, he was acquitted by the courts. The second and the third never made it to trial. And the fourth one was dropped. Marianne eventually got a court order against Basil and after Marianne and Basil separate, separate, he goes off and meets a woman named Natalie. Natalie Waterdam. Waterdam. Now, Natalie had moved to Renfrew County in 2005 with her then-husband Frank and their two young children. They moved from Toronto because they both loved the country and they wanted their children to kind of grow up in that small town feel. Yeah, yeah they mm-hmm. had a little farm. And Natalie was a software writer, but she changed career paths at 35 to become a nurse, which I think is actually wow. really amazing. Yeah. And she ended up working in the county as a palliative care nurse. Now, Frank and Natalie unfortunately ended their marriage in 2010, and this is when she meets Basil. Now, at the beginning, he was a friend who helped her out. He kind of did like handyman work around her house. But that didn't last very long because Basil somehow moves his way into Natalie's home. And this is the home that Natalie shared with her children. Now her friends are concerned about her and they say that even the very first time that they meet Basil, they notice that he is a heavy drinker. Now at first Natalie seems happy and she has heard about the past 
about Basil's past with Marianne. But Basil reassures her saying that if there, if it were true what she was saying, mm-hmm. that there would be charges and convictions. And since there's no convictions, it means that he's an innocent man and his, his, he, past, his doesn't, past doesn't matter. Yeah. She's just trying to ruin his life. And you're going to see this is a pattern. He plays victim all the time. Mm-hmm. But by 2012, Natalie starts to see a different side to him. His excessive drinking and anger just start to become a very huge issue between the pair. Natalie actually starts to confide, confide in her friends that she's scared of Basil. At this point, she tries to end the relationship. And I say try because she couldn't get him to leave the house. He just refused he to just move re- out. And cops weren't allowed at his house or? No, at this point, she just couldn't do it on her own. She had to go out and get the police to help her. Right. Mostly, she told people that it was because of her kids because she was scared for them. Right, right, right. And Basil not only physically assaulted Natalie, but he also made threats against her children. Nice. On one occasion, he said that if he caught her son, he'd skin him alive. That's disgusting. I know. He also threatens to kill the family dog. Which I know the two aren't comparable, but it's disgusting nonetheless. Yeah. Now, at this time, there are charges pending from Marianne, mm-hmm. the not ex-wife, but separated wife. Okay. And both the charges from Marianne and Natalie do end up getting dropped. They get dropped? Yeah. From from the women? You or? know, it didn't actually say, it just says they get dropped. I don't know if it was a court thing or if it was from the women. And... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I do know that it was a court thing because he pled down to uttering threats and get sentenced to five months in jail for it. Wow. Okay. So no. it wasn't their doing it. Was it wasn't the their system. doing it. He pled down. Gotcha. But those, those charges initially get sort of thrown out and he pleads mm-hmm. down to this. Sure. And because all of his other violent crimes were either dropped or negotiated away, he, he with time served, he serves... 33 days of the five-month sentence, which is just That's utterly disgusting. So gross. Yeah. Now, he's ordered to stay away from Natalie, and the local police are so worried for her safety that they gave her what her daughter described, well, her daughter now, describes as a pager-like device. It has, like, GPS on it, and if she presses the button, mm-hmm. it gets dispatched to the police, and they'll know exactly where she is. So if he shows up, she right. presses the button and the police will show will show up, which is really alarming that the police are that scared for her safety. Right, yeah. Now, Natalie also buys herself a shotgun and she installs a security system. So she's pretty much just living in fear of Basil. Now, after he serves his 33 days, he's released on probation to a friend's house that is 35 kilometers away from Natalie. And Basil ends up in a small town named Wilno. Now, in Wilno, he's actually close to a woman that he met years earlier. Her name is Anastasia Kuski. She was a real estate agent, and she actually sold some property for him. And her and her boyfriend rented his house for a while. This is when they first met years ago. Mm -hmm. In 2013, Anastasia and her boyfriend actually broke up, and it was described as a real nasty breakup. And she buys a farmhouse. Now, it was a really sort of old farmhouse, and it needed a lot of work on it, and it was more than she could actually handle. 
and she begins to sort of struggle financially. According to family of Anastasia, they aren't sure how the two ended up reconnecting, but one day she tells her mom that a friend of hers is going to help her out with the farmhouse. This friend turns out to be Basil. Right. Which is kind of what he peddles. Like, I can help you with the... I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Now, like Natalie, Anastasia is fresh out of a breakup, and she's kind of vulnerable. And in just days, he moves in with her, which is actually a violation of his probation. Mm-hmm. Now, it's really unclear how much Anastasia knew about his past with Natalie and Marianne, mm-hmm. but, he, but she knew a little bit, and she tells her family that because there was no convictions... Again. So I don't actually know if she knew about the uttering threats one, mm-hmm. but it was basically just, they're trying to ruin my life. Yeah. I'm the he victim. Can, he can kind of talk it away and right. it works because she does the same thing. She gives the same kind of story that he's the victim. Exactly. And- now on December 30th of that year, Anastasia finds out that the other women weren't lying and she, he beats her wow. really bad. And she ends up going to court for this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play from you a little bit of the fifth estate. And it's her, it's a dramatization of what happened in court. And it's, it's sort of graphic, but let's hear it. He kept hitting me and I was just begging him to kill me. It hurt so much. My face was very sore, very battered up. And he wanted me to stop talking and he kept holding my mouth and he had my, his hands around my throat, like pressing. Now this beating, Anastasia says, went on for the entire night. And she doesn't really know what started the fight. But by the end of the fight, she can't even recognize like her own face in the mirror. She tells the court that Basil told her that she was getting this beating because of the other women before her. Okay. Right. So it's like he's taking all of his frustration on her. Right. And in sort of a, a weird sort of twist, Natalie and Anastasia ended up connecting. Oh, okay. And Natalie was the one to actually convince her to go through with the charges... And like sort of kept her strong when she was thinking about dropping it. Because Natalie was so scared and she dropped, like she just let a lot of it go. And she was like, no, he needs to go to jail. Right. Now, Basil ended up getting 17 months for the assault against Anastasia. And during that whole process that was happening, at least four other women came forward that said that he was violent towards them but once again after time served basil spends five months in jail so barely time served barely well time served because you know like waiting oh waiting for the the trial and stuff yeah so when he gets out his probation is included that he has no communication or be within 500 meters of anastasia on the official paperwork though it says that he refused to sign it. Hmm. So that, like, 
this guy is too much. Yeah. It was also mandated that he go to a living without violence program. Mm -hmm. And when his file gets to the people at the therapy center, they tried to get his file put under review because they read what was stated that happens. Right. And they were like, this kind of abuse isn't what they call situational abuse. Oh, okay. You know, like situational abuse, if something happens and they think that someone can be rehabilitated, but what they're saying is it doesn't look like this Basil guy, this is like too much for us to handle. Someone else needs to take care of this. Gotcha. Because her attack was so brutal. But that doesn't really matter because Basil never shows up. The probation officer was notified from the center, but that center never heard back from them. Which is disgusting. Right. Now, it's a probation violation that it doesn't seem like anyone ever actually followed up on. Not surprising with Basil. Yeah. Also, he wasn't supposed to be... Another violation of his probation, he wasn't supposed to be driving. Because his license was supposed to be surrendered. But we know because he was caught driving. Right. And nothing ever happened. Exactly. And he was also not allowed to be in the town where Natalie lived. But let me guess, he was there. He was there because he actually convinced his probation officer that he wanted to do this program at that, the Living Without Violence. Okay. And it was down the street from her work. See, I don't get it. Like, if that is a condition of you being released, right? then why are there exemptions? I don't know. And it didn't matter because he didn't go to it, but in my mind, I'm like, did he do that so that he would have a reason to be in the same town that she was? Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's the only possible explanation for me anyway. Because he had no intention of going. Right. I don't think he did anyways. Now, Natalie did know that he was supposed to attend the program, like that he was going to be near her. She was actually notified. She was horrified by it, but she was notified. Anastasia wasn't even notified that he was out. Yep. By spring of 2015, the women kind of started to relax because all signs of Basil have sort of gone away. He's leaving everybody alone, Mm -hmm. so it's great. Natalie actually meets a new man, and she's just moving on with her life. All right. Which is great. I felt happy when I heard that. I mean, I know how it's going to end, so it's not so happy. But Mm -hmm. Basil was in Renfrew County. And he was in a small town. And he was unemployed and on disability. And he meets a woman named Cheryl. She lives in the same, like, apartment building that he is. Mm -hmm. And she describes him as being very helpful and nice. And he planted a strawberry bush for her under her window. Mm She's grateful for him for the food and everything. So as a thank you, she lets him use his car, use her car whenever she, whenever he wants. And he used to drive to a small cottage that was nearby. And this cottage was owned by a woman named Carol. And she was um, about to be retired. She was a civil servant from Ottawa. Now, Carol is the third woman that Basil kind of worms his way into her life. She had lost her husband two years before And she was highly anxious about her finances. So he really targets a certain type of woman. Vulnerable women. Yeah, financially. Yes. Well, here, listen to this. Because she 
wanted to be secure with money. So she was going to actually, because she lives in Ottawa, so she is going to um, fix up her cottage and sell it. Okay. Guess who was going to help her fix up the cottage? Mm -hmm. Basil. They met around there because he was sort of always hanging by the lake. And he was like, oh, wait, I can do this for you and I'll do it real cheap. Of course. But with Carol, things were a little bit different because Carol doesn't want a, a romantic relationship. She's totally rejecting him. Okay. And he starts to sort of stalk her. Like, he just shows up one day at her house in Ottawa, and it was like, how did you know where I lived? Oh, wow. He says that uh, she gave him the address, but She's... she she didn't give him the address. Right. Now, this kind of raised a whole bunch of red flags with her family and friends, and they were really afraid for her. The day after her retirement party, she travels back to the cottage because she's going to meet the real estate agent so that she can put the house for sale. And that was going to be September 22nd. And that's the day that everything happens. 57-year-old Basil tells his neighbor that he, he's not feeling well that day. He hasn't slept. And... She says, Cheryl says, that he looks like he was hurting. Okay, like he was in pain? Yeah, like he was in emotional turmoil, I guess. All right. I have no sympathy for for him whatsoever, and I, I know that he knew people that probably liked him or loved him, but I just have absolutely no sympathy for, for him. No. And I don't even want to hear people have sympathy for him. Yeah, no, I agree. You know? Yeah. Now, that morning on September 22nd, he takes her car very early in the morning. And something kind of snapped, they say, with Basil because apparently he saw Carol sitting on another man's lap. Okay. And he showed up at her cottage and he like ripped apart her flower beds or something. And this might have been sort of the violent straw that broke the camel's back to put all these events in motion. At least that's what they sort of are saying. I think that he would have snapped regardless. It's not like his violence came out of nowhere. It didn't come from nowhere, but... He was a violent person. You know, you always want a reason for something to happen. The reason is is that he's a garbage. He's a, he's a a garbage human being. Yeah. But his sort of that rejection kind of really angered him. Okay. Now in the early hours of the morning, so he takes Carol he takes the car and he drives to Carol's cottage. Now there's an obvious struggle that took place there. The the like um door had glass on it mm-hmm. and it was broken and it looked like the door was kicked in. Okay. Carol was found on the floor and she had been strangled. Now, in the police interview, Basil says, here's his quote. Here's the bait, take the bait away. Here's the bait, take the bait away. I told her, that's the way you treat me, Carol. So this rejection was really sort of... Well, yeah, it was all in his head. It was all in his head, yes. Now, the car that Basil drove was in in Carol's um, driveway Mm -hmm. and he took Carol's car. (laughs) to his next place all right now basil texted his friend cheryl later and he and he says i 
um, that he borrowed the car from. And he, it's the text message says, your car is at the cottage. Sorry. I left $100 on the, count, on the console for gas. Bye, friend. End quote. So he drives 25 kilometers to the town of Wilno, and he goes to Anastasia's house. A fight between them happens, and Anastasia's sister is upstairs. She hears the commotion, and she hears Anastasia saying, It's Basil. He's here with a gun. Now her sister sees him with the gun, and she's sort of coming down the stairs, and he turns to her, and he actually points the gun at her, but she says... He's so focused on Anna that it's like he looked through her. Like, it's like he didn't even see her there. Right, 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 right. She runs out of the house. She calls 911. By the time police arrive, Anastasia is dead. By 9 a.m., there is a shooter on the loose. They've been issued in two townships. From Wilno, he drives 30 minutes, which is another 25 kilometers, and that gets him to Natalie's home. Mm-hmm. At home with Natalie was her son, Adrian. Oh, no. He says that he hears her, his mother screaming and he runs, she runs past him and he sees a man with a gun. Mm-hmm. He assumes that it's Basil. Right. He runs outside, he has his phone, he hides in the woods calling 911 and he stayed there for an hour and a half before the police found him. Jesus. Now, now um, they're hun- they know it's Basil. Right. Right? They, they end up getting in touch with a bunch of people that he had issues with. Mm-hmm. And they get those people to safety. And that's kind of how they ended up finding Carol. Because no one was at the cottage. She was there all by herself. And the right. meeting was later with the um, real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So they find Anastasia first, then Natalie. And then at and 11 a.m. they found, found Carol. Carol. Even though Carol was, was, the, was first. the first to be murdered. Now, his cell phone actually did lead them, lead police to him, and Basil ended up surrendering in Ottawa, which I find it odd that he went to Ottawa. Like, why? Was it a Carol thing? Was he going there for her family? I don't know. Right. Um, well, he does, there is a five-hour um, interrogation on YouTube if you want to wow. just listen to him blame every single person but himself. Yeah. No thanks. For his problems, you can do yeah. that. No thanks. Now, he is actually convicted of all three murders, and he was sentenced to 70 years without the chance of parole. Good. So at least now, he's but like it took three women to die. Yeah. And you know? Yeah. Which is so sad. And they say one in three women in Canada will be the victims of domestic violence. And, and it's like in there was all three women in that one day. Yeah, that's that was, crazy. I can't believe that. They said it happened in 24 hours, but it really happened in a couple of hours. Yeah, and like... Like in yeah, 24 hours, it like makes six, it sound like so far apart. Yeah, like six hours probably. It started at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I think Natalie, which was the third one to be shot, by 9 a.m. Oh, she was so it was shot. literally so it was just a couple of hours. Just a couple of hours that this all happened. Right. That's the case of the Will Know Murders. Uh, remember to follow us on IG at sisters.coffee.and.crime and on Twitter at sisters underscore crime. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us and review us on Apple. Thanks.